0: I love Nora McInerney, author of many books such as Bad Vibes Only, Hot Young Widows Club, uh, No Happy Endings, host of the terrible Thanks for Asking podcast, and just all around highly relatable superhuman. I've had her on the podcast before. And this is a super, super fun, weird episode and a little bit of a departure from the typical love and relationship episode that Uh, you're used to hearing here. Nora and I just jam for 30 minutes about uh, Arizona politics, not reading self-help, liberals living in conservative states, and then the internet drops off several, several times during this interview. We also talk about vulnerability porn, crying on Instagram, um, how my life is not all good vibes, and toxic positivity. Uh, We talk about uh, both of our... (laughs) unhealthy relationships to social media, um, how to love people that we deeply disagree with and uh, that you never really know what's going on with people in their daily life. And of course, we talk about her new book, Bad Vibes Only. I love Nora McInerney and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording Hey Nora.
1: Hello Sean. We
0: we uh, we were just gabbing, and we decided to just start the recording now, just to get some of this gold. Absolutely. Uh, and and this conversation is unscripted, right? Yep. I didn't I didn't write any of this down, um, and we both live in Arizona. We do. Welcome. Isn't it wonderful? It is. It's taking me a little bit of a transition though, because I think it's not Arizona that I'm struggling with; it's the United States of America.
1: Of. Amen. Amen. And I will say like, we live in very different kinds of Arizona. Um, like climate wise, you live in a place with seasons. I live in a place where it's just perpetual summer, different versions of summer. Even our winter is warmer than many people's summer. But one thing that sort of is, I think like across the board in Arizona is, um, is like the politics.
0: Yeah. uh, them yeah we all have the same politics
1: yeah real real consistently you know aggressively conservative politics and and that said I live in a in a neighborhood with a great diversity of thought and belief and income levels and um you know cultural backgrounds and 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 race and um I think when I get overwhelmed with like the state of the world specifically the state of America, like I have to focus in really small and be like, okay, but in my little circle, like, you know, people are treating people like people like we can, we can still do that. Right. Like we, we can still, we can still have our own sphere of influence. And if I focus on that, I am less likely to fall into abject despair. That's interesting.
0: So I am flying a pride flag outside my house and my neighbor's dogs are named Trigger and Buckshot. So that shows you, and these people are so nice. Yeah. They are so nice. And I was was having a conversation with my friend about politics and about the state of the United States and how we are just a, a blend and a mix of a ton of different Cultures, microcultures, yep. and, and he said something that I thought I found pretty interesting. Let's let's say we'll we'll, we'll pick pro life and pro choice. He goes, I bet you have more in common with with these people than than you are different from them.
1: Yeah, I think about that all the time. I really do because I don't think anybody with very strong beliefs of any kind thinks of themselves as a hateful person, an intolerant person, a person who doesn't care about other people. I think that any deeply held belief, like you you believe that that is the most loving belief. And so I I really do struggle with, you know, um having very, very different beliefs than even people that I love, even people that I care about, or, you know, complete strangers and having that sort of blind me to the fact that they are still a person.
0: I know it's hard. I was talking to my, to this same friend and I was talking about pro-life stuff and he goes, well, it's just getting kicked back down to the States rights. And I go, ah, oh, God damn it. I love you so much. How can yeah. we differ so broadly on yeah. this thing that I, you know, see as being like an inherent human right and him seeing it completely differently right and yeah and so i don't know how do you how do you even like continue being friends with people like that how do you parse that out
1: i don't know and i do sort of i understand why on social media people be like you just got to cut these people out of your life like enough is enough and also if we all do that, then what is left? What is left of like the the threadbare fabric of our society? I mentioned on social media that I had moved to Arizona and someone was like, how could you handle it with the politics? I'm like, well, one, if you only live in a place, especially like, you know, uh, upper middle class white people, if we only live in liberal white people, if we only live in the places where we, that that we think reflect our beliefs, like what about the rest of the world? Like, think about think a little bit outside of uh, of yourself too. I I brought three you know blue voters to this state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three adult, but five. My in laws moved here, and you know, like I I think there's something to be said for that, and also. Everywhere you go, there are horrible people and everywhere you go, there are wonderful people. And I moved from a blue state, a progressive state, which also Minnesota, which also in 2020, um, had, uh, you know, had, I don't know. Does anyone remember what happened in 2020 in Minneapolis? Um, <laughs> and not the first black man to be murdered by, by the, the Minneapolis police department, um, but that is, a, that is a state built on what, what, Minnesota nice, mm, right? Yeah. And always consistently voted a best place to live for people like me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it always had those same issues. And I think when we think of a place as good or bad based on what we believe people believe and not on how those issues impact people, it's just a very, very simplistic way of looking at things, which obviously I love because who doesn't love a blanket statement? Who doesn't love for things to be, you know, simple and cut and dry and black and white and like, you're good. I'm bad. I'm bad. You're good. I'm I'm good. You're bad. One of the two. And uh, like, it's, it's just never, it's just never that easy. It's just never that easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I moved from Montreal, Canada, which is in Quebec, which is pretty much a socialist province to yeah. what I thought was maybe more of a purple state than it actually is. You know, I think there are more conservative folks here than I thought. Uh, There was a guy driving around Flagstaff with the license plate, license plate, not bumper sticker. F-U-46.
1: Oh, that's so much dedication. Yeah, yeah, there's a a person rolling through to my Walgreens with a, a fuck Joe Biden flag. And I'm like, oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what I like about the license plate is that they submitted it and somebody at the AZ dot, you know, was like, yeah, this yeah. is good. This, I don't know what this means, yeah. but it's good. Or I, I know what it means and it's still good. Yep. <laughs> yep. And for everybody who, who doesn't know, Joe Biden is the 46th president. Yeah,
1: Joe Biden is the 46th <laughs> president of these United States. And you know, uh, right. If you, the the team from my podcast was down here in march and we were driving you know to get lunch or something and we drove by the stop the steel protest where you know the the uh, independent uh investigators or independent you know there there had been plenty of investigation into the idea that the 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 20 uh, 20 election had been stolen and specifically in Arizona that there were fraudulent votes that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And none was found. None was found. And, uh, yet there were still people out there protesting and I was filled with absolute rage. Yeah, <laughs> I really was. I was filled with rage. I was filled with rage. And yet if you, you know, if I had stopped the car, gotten my audio kit and interviewed them, I think all of them believe that no, 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 no. They are the defenders of this country. They are doing this to protect us. I, I'm so interested in people who think and study about the ways that we are are so committed to being divided Mm -hmm. because maybe we were always like this. I wouldn't know. I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a baby. I'm 39 years old. Um, me too. When's your birthday? I'm, I'm new here, december twenty
0: eighth ok. ok. everybody send Nora gifts
1: yep. december twenty eighth worst worst time for a birthday. I think your a, a Christmas birthday would be better than a three days after Christmas birthday. Just one girl's opinion, just one Capricorn's opinion, um, but you know, I, you know, I wouldn't know, right? Like, I, I was, I was only, you know, socially conscious uh, in 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 like maybe the past decade, yeah. But <laughs> if that but for I, me, I have to think that like social media for all the ways. And by the way, what is this like an original thought? No, everybody, everybody knows this. But like, just the the way that this tool that was brought to us the internet, you know, brought to us from the heavens meant to connect us. We all thought, wow, you can get any information you want at any time. And like, this is where it brought us is so sad, is so sad. And that is why like the most, uh, the most impact I think that we can have is not going to be like, uh, like how we espouse our beliefs online and publicly, but how we show up in our communities. And that is something that I want to do so much better at local politics are not interesting and they're so important and so impactful knowing your neighbors even if their dogs are named trigger and buckshot like is so important like every for everybody who's like let's cut these people out of our lives let's never speak to them again if your car breaks down on the side of the freeway if you're you know if if you're i don't know in in these sort of desperate situations where like you really are relying on the kindness of strangers you're not um i don't know like it's it's uh I do think, I do think that people do have more in common than we want to believe. Okay. And that, like that sort of human connection can change people. I don't know why we got started talking on this. I'm sorry. Sean. No, this is
0: great. This is great. Although I, 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 I want to say, I want to ask you, if you were driving down, uh, uh, you know, dark country road and you saw a pickup truck broken down on the side of the road with a fuck Joe Biden flag, are you stopping yeah. to help them
1: out? How How is it's nighttime? It's it's daytime. Oh, it's daytime. And is it a man? <laughs> it's a man.
0: Yeah. Isn't it always? Okay, a man? I'm going to
1: imagine what kind of car does he have? It's a pickup truck. It's a pickup truck. I'm going to assume that a man with a pickup truck knows more about cars <laughs> than I could. But I would stop and say, do you need me to call someone? <laughs> I probably wouldn't get out of my car yeah but I would stop and say do you need me to call someone you
0: roll your tinted window down one inch
1: i'd roll I'd roll my tinted window down and say <laughs> you know like you know can can i like are you okay do, do you do need i probably would i probably would and if only to say to him you know at the end uh you know i'm a i'm a uh, unstable liberal and I was happy to help you <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. Maybe this is a good time to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah. And obviously like that is my privilege. I'm white, you know, all these like sort of caveats for that. And I don't believe that people need to put themselves in like dangerous situations and interact with people who do wish them harm. I just also, I, I think, I think most people aren't like actively like hateful, although those people do exist. And the internet has shown us that too. The internet has shown us that there are some people who are vile and violent and, um, but uh, I don't think that's most people. I just don't think that's most people. Anyway, Sean, what else? Well, so
0: uh, yeah, why I uh, the the problem with the internet is that you do see a lot of violence, and then you sort of yeah. get really scared that you are surrounded by these people. Yeah, and I don't think that's actually true. I think for the most part, Americans are are good are good people. Um, yeah. And you know, when you were walking by or driving by the stop to steal thing, uh, I was at the you know not at the same time maybe but i was at the pro-life rally protest in flagstaff and there were people driving by going look at these heathens look at these murderers yeah. right like yes and they think that they're doing the best thing which is preserving life so that every little little potential heartbeat can can beat a full life's worth of heartbeats
1: Yep and then be born into a world where like I don't know there's huge economic insecurity and you know no safety nets for each other and water um, no yeah, water Yeah it's 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 so astonishing and I do think that's like that is like also the complication of of being a person right is uh is this imperfect thought and these imperfect beliefs too but yeah they're they're looking at you they're looking at me they're looking at us being like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like, yeah. What, okay, What is wrong with you? And it's like, you know, um, well, there's, there's too much to list. Frankly,
0: <laughs> there's a lot wrong with everybody.
1: Yeah, there's and, quite a bit.
0: And there's quite a bit. lot right with everybody. Uh, so here, let me just yeah. switch. I want to switch gears here uh, to this thing that I, uh, that I listened to. Do you know, Sam Harris? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So his, he has a waking he has an app, meditation app called Waking Up. And in there he also is having conversations with people and he has these little modules. And there was one about happiness, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of apropos to what we're talking about. And because I've been struggling with with feeling happy for about a long time now. I don't actually, okay. Side note. You remember when we did the, the, you had the Valentine's day special and you asked me yes, to be yeah. your, your guest. Okay. You probably don't know this. And this is sort of a good reminder to other people that you don't know what's going on in people's lives, but on valent So this was on Valentine's day that we did it or the day before it wasn't. Val- so yeah. It was on Valentine's day, the day before Valentine's day where there was a special with you and all of your folks. And I was on there. My girlfriend and I broke up. Oh man. We had a four hour zoom ceremony cause it was a long distance breakup and Ooh. we didn't break up on that day because I had commitments. We broke up the day before. Right. And so you just never know what yeah. is going on with people in their life.
1: Yeah. 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 That's what, uh, when I walked into Walgreens, um, and uh, in, into that Walgreens where the guy was flying two, two flags, Trump 2024 and, uh, fuck Joe Biden. I walked in and everyone in this Walgreens, it was the, it was the middle of the day, Sean. So the people at that Walgreens like are, you know, who knows it's the middle, it's the middle of a Tuesday. Why was I there? Because we didn't have any diet Coke. And at 1 PM, I get a diet Coke every day, ice cold out of the fridge. We don't have a fridge right now. So it's in a cooler. And I was like, I cannot go without this diet Coke. It's like my treat for the day. So I drove up to Walgreens to get it. And everybody in that Walgreens, was so sad looking, me, myself included, right? Like ever, I was like, oh my God, this Walgreens is filled with people who are just going through something. I have no idea. I have no idea what that guy's life is like. Okay, I have no idea what brought him to that point, to those belief systems. But if I did not know that was his car and I don't know whose car that was, it, it, what person I saw, there's not a single person in there who I would have been like, man, fuck you. Like, right. <laughs> you know? And like, <laughs> And was like, really, you know, it's like, and, and it was like one of those days where like the the cash register isn't working. And so like the whole like line of people has to like negotiate with each other. Oh, like, do you, oh, do you have cash? No, oh, like you need this thing. Can I like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like everyone there, like in this little microcosm, this little micro community, like was connecting with each other. And all I could think of was like, one of you is driving this car and I'm me.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Do you think that people are doing the best they can?
1: I think people are doing the best they can. I think people are doing the best they can. And the fact is that some people's best is just not good. It's just not good. And sometimes my best is even worse. And that is a hard thing to understand and to accept. And I have days where I, I don't accept it and I just want, um, perfection mostly from myself, but often from other people. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely think people are doing the best that they can with what they have and what they know. And there are always sort of like outliers to this. They're like, there's, you know, there are very few, but they happen. There are evil people in the world. Yeah. Right? Murderers. Like I mean, like, they're
0: like the best, maybe they're being the best murderers that they can be.
1: They're being the best evil person that they can be. <laughs> like, but I think even... You know, uh, I i had a i had a difficult uh, relationship with my dad. My dad's dead, and you know he's been dead for almost seven years. And I would say the past eighteen months, the past maybe two years, I've I've come to have so much compassion for him and for the fact that he went to fight an unjust war, unjust war, just, I mean, a horrible, he went to Vietnam when he was 17 years old. His dad had to sign a permission slip so that he could enroll in the Marines, that he wouldn't be drafted. So he would have like some modicum of control. And then he came back to an unfeeling country, um, and, and where, where we didn't know about trauma or we didn't care about it and had to just sort of do the best he could with what he had. And same with his alcoholic, abusive father who also had moments of just sparkling brilliance and love for his nine children. I don't think you have nine children. I mean, you know, you're a Catholic, you don't believe in in birth control. That's one thing, but like, you know, you don't have nine children and not, um, not love them, you know, not like want to be a good dad. And I don't know, I do, I guess to answer your question, I do think people are (laughs) doing their best and to have compassion for yourself. When you are not at your best, um, my past Sean is filled with just like, like uh, you know, uh, unhinged like lunacy,
0: <laughs> like oh.
1: you know, uh, mistakes, interpersonal conflicts where I'm like, oh my god, I was the asshole. Holy shit! Wow, wow, that was me. And to have even compassion for yourself, which I have like basically none, almost none, um, but I'm learning. Two years into therapy. <laughs> Uh, into this specific therapy um, to even look at like those versions of myself and be like, Oh, Oh buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know?
0: Yeah. I used to have screaming matches with my ex-girlfriend on mission street in San Francisco where I would yell obscenities at her and tell her I hated her.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, did you think you were like, I don't know. Like when you did that, were you like, wow, I can't wait to be like somebody's worst boyfriend ever. No. <laughs> No,
0: I was just doing the best I could. And I, and I had zero conflict resolution strategies, zero. And that's actually why we got, we went into therapy. Therapist was like, wow, you guys are really bad at this. Let me help you. And then, and PS, Sean, you're an alcoholic. So maybe you want (laughs) to lay off the sauce. And I was like, sure. Okay. Um, and okay. that's how I got Interesting sober. Interesting,
1: you should say that. Interesting, you should say that. Uh, like, not what I came here for, doctor. No, not what I.
0: No, and and he did it real, real gently because I think if he had told me you're an alcoholic, I would have told him to go fuck himself, and he and we oh, never God. would have seen me again. And instead, he did he did his job, you know, kindly and softly, and was able to yeah. get me to get there. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a good therapist. And most, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah go. I don't,
1: you and I have talked about this before. Like, how do you learn how to be a person?
0: I have a note here. It says we learn on each other. Yeah. You said that last time we talked. Yeah.
1: Isn't that wild? It's like, we're just sort of like out there and it's like, well, I guess I'll just, and like, uh, I guess I'll just have this. And I guess I'll just scream at you um, until you feel horrible and then I'll feel worse. And then uh, you know I wonder if that's the right way to do it maybe not like <laughs> we'll make up we'll make up hopefully we'll have sex yeah. we'll have makeup yeah. sex we'll we'll forgive yeah. each other and we'll, we'll be re- closer because we went through this thing Yeah, which was the thing we went through was us Well I so to answer your question I
0: think uh, role models helps some self awareness and some therapy yeah. and also uh, understanding that the experiences that we have in life shape who we are today and so hopefully we learn from those experiences. I don't believe in mistakes. I don't believe in mistakes. Okay, real quick, we're halfway through. Why don't you just introduce yourself halfway in the-
1: uh, Oh, whoopsie uh, daisy. Okay, I'm Nora McNerney. I am the host and creator of the podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking. And I'm the author of- Several funny books about sad or difficult things, including my new book of essays, which is called "Bad Vibes Only," which is out in October 2022.
0: I just I just got it in the mail. Haven't read it. Picked it up yesterday. It's been sitting in my PO box for three or four weeks. But <laughs> so your publishers did everything right. I did everything wrong. Uh, the book's called. I
1: love going to my PO box, and yet I will forget it exists for weeks at a time.
0: Do you get a lot of like listener mail?
1: I get, a, I get some, I really don't get as much as, um, as I did when it would go to American public media, which also then I would never get it. Like I would sometimes the, like a stack of mail would appear and I was like, where was this? Like, cause I wasn't a real employee. So like I didn't have a mailbox and I don't think anyone knew what to do with it, but I get some listener mail. I get a lot of books. I get a lot of books from different publishers.
0: Does that stress you out?
1: Getting books.
0: Yeah, because then you're like, oh, I have to read one more book.
1: Yeah, I think also like I I always say to people, I'm like, I can't like promise anything. Um, And also like the my to be read pile is like looming in in, in, just off camera. And there are things that I like definitely want to read. I definitely want to support. And I know I won't get to in time. And that does stress me out because I know as an author as anybody, right? As any person who is creating anything, you're like, I made this thing. I like really want people to find it and connect with it. And I always want to be the person who's helping to support work that that touches me, that I believe in. And there's so much of it. There's so much of it.
0: Yeah. I stopped reading self-help and I stopped apologizing about that. You know, I used to really be into it. And I go, you know, I don't know. I'm still like talking about the books I read 10 years ago.
1: Yep. Yep. And there are books that I'm like, I will like all of my Pema children books. I'm like, I, I think all the wisdom for the ages is in that, that, that Zen Buddhist wisdom. And I don't know, I don't know if I need any more. I don't know if I need any more. No, I
0: think it's good. I think it's good. Um, I think we're good. I, I'm also, you can't tell this, but I'm wearing a fuck vibes t-shirt.
1: <gasps> oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. So okay. can you tell me about why bad vibes only?
1: God, bad vibes only is uh, I mean, whenever, whenever I walk into a Home Goods, a TJ Maxx, um, a suburban home, a, a coffee shop, you will always be inundated with the phrase good vibes only. Yeah. It's slightly outdated and yet it it persists, right? It's sort of from like peak, uh, peak Pinterest culture, peak Instagram culture, this idea that you know, like, oh, like just here for the good energy. I cannot think of anything that makes me feel less welcome than that sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> I walked into my friend's mom's house on Saturday and she had a little planter that said good vibes only. And I was like, I will see myself out. Yeah. I will see myself out of here. But, you know, all of my work, I think, kind of has a theme, which is a, a little a little sprinkle of sadness, even on the happiest moments and the and also like levity in the hardest moments. So Bad Vibes Only is an essay collection. It's filled with stories and reflections on modern life where the vibes are, I would say, a mixed bag at best. Um, Stories about aging, about parenting, about uh, living in the age of the internet and the era of the personal brand. And the not even dichotomy of of modern life but the blender of of modern life which is that things are rough even when they're wonderful
0: yeah and that that lends itself to actually what's happening in reality right like yeah. good good vibes only is uh, an unwillingness to see the breadth of experiences that life is going to give you. And a lot of those experiences are really hard, really shitty, super traumatic, very sad. I mean, I have, I just came out of what I would call maybe a six month depression and you're not seeing that. I'm not showing you that on Instagram. That is not yeah. part of my brand. I do not cry on camera. Um, not because I don't want to just cause I, yeah. I don't know. I find it a little cringy, but um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like vulnerability porn, but yeah, you know, it is, yeah. my life is not good vibes only. There's a lot of disappointing vibes. I'm not really happy where I'm at. You know, I'm not happy with my body. I'm not happy with my living situation. I miss my friends in Montreal, my career. I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, it's a cool career, but like what's next, you know? So there's a lot of uncertainty in yeah. my life and in everybody's life. And so for for anyone to say good vibes only is to saying that you are not recognizing the the breadth of life experiences that you are probably having right now,
1: yeah, and like you said, it's so normal it's so normal even like the people who have you know uh a lot of good things going it is the the experience of life yeah. is not just one thing
0: yeah. Yeah, I think the internet lends itself really well to only showing a curated side of someone. And that I, so I got rid of my personal Instagram because I was seeing all the stuff that I wasn't doing, all of the peak life experiences, van life, and, you know, big mountain bike trips and heli skiing. And I'm like, why aren't I doing any of those things? And I just felt bad about it. So I just, I just, I'd installed it on my phone. And now my Instagram is only colleagues and they're all talking about relationships and it's quite boring. And so I don't scroll it because I don't need any more relationship stuff. So I have to like set myself up in ways. It's just hard. It's hard to see people doing all the stuff that you want to be doing, even though you're doing some of it, it's just maybe less glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you had the thought it went poof, but I think uh, we are talking about this idea of like having unlimited access to everybody's lives. And mm-hmm. then also to be like cat- cataloging our experience. There's just so many things that I, I've i been working diligently on keeping my private life private, um, especially as the audience grows, yep. you know? I think that there just needs to be some special moments that uh, I could, most special moments that are not for the internet to see.
1: Yeah, I think like the idea that like our lives are content is so strange, and also something that I participated in, maybe realizing it, maybe also not realizing it, definitely not realizing the implications of it, and specifically too, and you'll get to this chapter when you start in the book, but like, especially with my kids, I posted about so much back in the simpler times of the internet in, you know, the 2010s, uh, even up till I would say like 2017, 2017, 2018, I put all of our lives on the internet. You know, I was blogging about my husband having cancer on Tumblr. I was posting my, you know, the first year of widowhood on Instagram, the second year, um, remarrying, you know, with Matthew blending a family. I was doing that for, you know, I would have told you like, just because like, Oh, like it's, it's, I I don't really care like who sees it. Right. Like, um, it, and I'd say the first year of widowhood, especially, I was posting because, like, I had lost my witness. I'd lost the person that I shared my life with. The person that I could like come home and be like, "Okay, so this happened and this happened and this happened." So the internet did that for me. Mm. What a beautiful thing for mm. a bunch of strangers to do for and with me, and and it was a way to like to to fill myself up. And I have, you know, my my addiction which, you know, it has been many, many things throughout the years, like currently is the internet. Like the internet is a huge problem for me. Like, and has been since yeah. the moment it arrived in our basement in South Minneapolis. The minute I felt yeah. that rush of like connection and like meeting somebody and like, and having my thoughts validated or, or, or questioned or, you know, like, um, you know, catfishing uh, an adult man who didn't know he was like cyber sexing, you know, cyber sexing. <laughs> You didn't know he was cybering like, you know, a, a bunch of 12-year-old girls, or maybe he did. Um, you know, that that rush, um, that dopamine, that just constant sort of like drip has been an issue for me. It really has. And so you curating like your near feed and making sure you only see things that are relevant to your work, that you're not constantly comparing yourself to another person. I do need to do that. I have to do like extreme things, like, you know, I can only have an hour. I can only have an hour Um, on my on my computer like those websites are blocked so I can't like do a workaround and like get on them on my computer instead of on my phone Um, for a while like you know the uh, the Apple iOS has you know a screen time limit but like all you have to do is like type in a code and you can get back to it well I made my husband set the code so I couldn't do that uh, or wow. I, would. I would say like, okay, I only get an hour of it. And then I would blow through it and be like, Oh yeah, you can have 50 more minutes. Yeah. You can have an hour. You know what? We'll just use it all day. That's fine. Um, yeah. and I had a, a conversation with, you know, uh, an addiction doctor who said like, well, all addiction gives you something. So what is that giving you? You know, what is that giving yeah. you? And can you get it from somewhere else?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, one of my questions, you know, to you was, uh, You know what's your relationship to your phone, and I and I know your relationship to your phone. That's why I'm asking the question. I have a very similar relationship. I set an hour for Instagram. I blow through it, and then I go unlock for 15 minutes for the rest of the day. I don't let myself just do indefinitely, but I I want that reminder every 15 minutes that I'm a loser, (laughs) that I have no willpower, that I cannot I can't do it. So the curating the Instagram feed has helped a little bit, but. What I've found Mm. out is that, you know, much like your therapist or the addiction specialist said, you know, it's giving you something. What is it giving you? I found out that when I get rid of TikTok or some problematic, you know, app, I'm going to fill it with something else. Now, all of a sudden, I'm reading Mm -hmm. blog posts. Now, all of a sudden, I love Twitter. Never like Twitter, love Twitter now, you know? I'm gonna find some other way to fill it up. So what I'm trying to do a little bit these days is to listen to podcasts more because I'm actually learning something. Mm. It's more engaging. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing something else while I'm listening to a podcast. I'm walking around outside. I'm like tidying up, putting away laundry. That feels See, more, more productive. Love, Go outside. <laughs> Leave yeah, your like phone how behind. much of
1: my life has been spent like over a rectangle is really alarming to me. Yeah. Like since 2008, I think I got an iPhone. It's like, I've just been like, "Uh." yeah.
0: Yeah. I like to leave my phone behind every now and then it doesn't happen very often, but that's like a, some sort of strategy to, to sort of curb that a little bit and to make my phone boring. Like when I got rid of TikTok and I got rid of my personal Instagram feed and I got rid of all these other Facebook, I got rid of all that stuff. My phone is boring now. It's like,
1: you know? Mm. Yeah. I took, I I love that. I, I, the thing is like, I don't know if TikTok, like TikTok doesn't do the same thing that Instagram does because no one on TikTok knows or cares who you are. Right. Like even people who follow you. Right. Cause like the feed is so chaotic. It's so random. It's constantly trying to like, you know, steal your attention and bring it to something else. Like, deci- like sort of confuse you. I would say the best example of this is I was watching TikToks with my son who's nine and it was like one of those beautiful sort of video scenes of like, oh, you know, a flower like sort of in the wind and a poem on screen about grief and loss. And we're both like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. I swipe and it's immediately like, I'm going to show you how we made cookies in prison. And I was like, Well, Like it's just this bruh, bruh, like wrecking ball through your attention span. And I don't get the same sort of like, Um, drip that I got from Instagram, which is like, oh, these people like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Well, Instagram for me, I mean, I'm I'm addicted to the comments and the DMs. Right. And I'm so close to I I am like a perpetual lone wolf. I've never hired anybody for anything except for my podcast editing. I work alone, I don't have an assistant, I don't collaborate very well with people. I'm just like, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm like terminally unique. Uh, But I'm so close to hiring an assistant to read my, one of the many, you know, tasks that they would do is read the comments, read the DMs. Because I use the comments to to test the temperature of the water. Did, is what I wrote Mm. on point. And I think now at this point, I can... I can sort of assume that most of what I write is on point because most of the people that follow me love what I do. And so they're going to, for the most part agree with, with me, but every now and then I'm scared that I post yeah. something and I'm way off the mark, you know, um, yeah. but those yeah. comments and those DMS, their dopamine hits, they feel good. Their validation and,
1: yeah, uh, they are. That's
0: kind of why I post every day, you know? I mean, also that's a great way to grow your mm-hmm. account, by the way, if anyone's curious, consistency and value. Those are the two things that you need to do to grow your account.
1: Oh, that's probably why, that's probably why my account does not grow. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like uh, if I, you know, if I think of something, but I'm, I'm like you, I'm always like, God, I don't know, like who would, like, I, I, I would have a hard time, like there are, there are people even then I know who like there's someone who manages their whole social media, right? Like who does. I'm like, I, I just like you at least have like, um, um, like a niche. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why people are following me. It's a real hard, like no one's, I don't know. I don't know what would bring I mean, me you're <laughs>
0: super dynamic personality. You're very, I'll tell you why you're very approachable. You are hilarious. You're hilarious. Oh, thank you. you are like, you know, uh, an everyday person's influencer, right? Like the, the whole like normal shit around my house series is gold, 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 right? Yeah. I mean, you're a, you're a fantastic writer. You're, uh, I find probably one of the funnier writers that I've ever read. So I loved no, I love no happy endings. Thank you. Um, I love, I can, I can hear your voice when I'm reading, right? So, Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why people come to you. And I actually asked my, my audience, uh, you know, do you have any questions for, for Nora? And we've, I got, you know, eight questions about being a widow and grief, being a widow.
1: About being what?
0: So I think a lot of people come to you for that as well. Right. Because that is not something that we talk about. That is not something that there are a lot of approachable resources, right? We want a role model who has been through it that they can relate to. And I think you're you're that. So if you were curious, I think that's why people follow you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's always so interesting too because I'm like, I don't know, do I talk about that? Do I talk about I don't know. Um but yeah, I I appreciate all that. I think also I'm just like I don't have like a consistent, you know, I, I don't even know what I'm gonna post ever. So it's uh it's. I, I. like that there are people who are willing to come along uh, on a chaotic trip through. Yeah, you have a a, life, a
0: really right? like fascinating brain. I was just scrolling through your Instagram. By the way, it has one hundred sixty-seven thousand followers, so it's not like you're not growing it. You know. Oh really? Is that not true? Is that? Oh okay.
1: Well, thank not, you. Oh, you uh, haven't. Thank you, everybody. Really? No, I. I. Uh, I. I like. Sorry, one fifty-three. One fifty-three. That's
0: that's still a lot. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's
0: wow. That's great. Um, so speaking of, do you want to answer a few questions that my audience, um, oh, yeah. so a lot of yeah, it is yeah. around. Okay. So, uh, being a widow and dating, dating as a widow. Can mm-hmm. you, did you date a bunch of yes. people after Aaron or did you just fall in love with Matthew?
1: No, I did not date a bunch of people. I had some experiences. Um, I had some experiences and I was definitely not looking to ever have a partner or fall in love ever again. I had I you know it's like if if you have it, I had it and it was good and I was like literally if it does not happen for me again, that's fine. That's, that's legitimately fine. I have a good life. I will continue to have a good life. I can get my physical needs met. There are plenty of people who are willing to do that. And I can just have my own life and my kid and, and, and a good life. I don't, I don't need it. I definitely don't need it. I know it's so annoying to be like, when I wasn't looking, it found me, but it didn't find me. Um, my friend Mo found it for me and she, uh, was also widowed and she had me over. It was like a year after Aaron died. The fall in Minnesota brings that into my body. That is one reason why I moved to Arizona. It is not haunted for me um, the way that Minnesota is with my entire life. Not just, you know, not just Aaron's death and my dad's death. like that. It's like my whole life is just there sort of like, you know, all these different versions of me just like sort of existing in the same place. And I know that's comforting for a lot of people, but it really wasn't for me. And that time of year had descended. I felt it in my body. I was so miserable. I was just, I was like literally acting like a crazy, cause I was a crazy person. I was literally acting like a crazy person. I was like getting in huge fights on Twitter with strangers about like things that don't matter, like posting insane stuff, like going nuts. And she was like, please come over to my house, bring some stuff. We're going to have a fire. And I love burning things. And we had a fire and we burned a bunch of, she burned a bunch of her husband's shit. I burned all like the explanation of benefits that you get from, you know, health insurance here in the States. Like it's not a bill, but it could be. And the back gate opened and this guy walks in and I'm married to him now. I'm married to him. And it happened really, really quickly. I don't know if it wasn't Matthew. I don't know. I don't know if it would be anyone. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I I, I can't say there's no way of sort of like sliding doors that, but I, uh, I wasn't ready. Um, Certainly, like whenever people are like, you should be in a good, I was in a horrible place. I was in a horrible place mentally. I was so unwell and I don't think I had a chance to start healing, a chance to even start really feeling the depth of that grief until I met Matthew and I had this safe place truly to experience this stuff because he didn't know me before. He had no expectation of who I should be, who I was, like anything like that. He hadn't Googled me. He doesn't use the internet. He could have cared less about any of that, even to this day. And I, he was so present. And I think he could be present because he too had been through something horrible. He'd been through divorce, betrayal, like these big, big, big kinds of pain. And he had been alone. He had spent a lot of time alone. He was also okay, like being alone for the rest of his life. He was like, I got two kids. I got a career. I have friends. I'm going to be okay. Neither of us needed each other. And I, uh, I, I don't know how I would have navigated like truly dating, like truly dating and like going out there. And people always ask like, well, when do you tell a person? And I had a conversation with, you should actually talk to Alison Raskin. Um, she has OCD, she's like a a mental health writer and she wrote this book called overthinking about you, like dating with mental illness. And, um, she's wonderful and she's a friend of mine and, you know, we were talking about dating with, you know, OCD, with anxiety, with all these things. Like how do you disclose to somebody, you know, that you have like a mental illness or that you have whatever sort of thing that you think might be like a red flag you know, using that in quotations for another person, like when you disclose that and it's like, well, what kind of a relationship do you want to have with them? And what relationship do you have with them right now? I always personally like widowhood is incurable. (laughs) Like it just is. I would have put that on And I did when I was just looking to hook up with somebody. I put that on my uh, Tinder profile and I got no takers, none. But I would want somebody to know that, right? Like I would want somebody to know that. Um, So if I make out with them and start bawling, which definitely happened, they would not be frightened, you know? And I wouldn't want to be like physically intimate, certainly not emotionally intimate with a person who wouldn't be able to handle the fact that my husband died, which seems so nuts to me um but i can also understand why some people that that would be something that they're not interested in you know the same way by the way if somebody would have told me about matthew i would have said not interested Mm -hmm. okay not interested a divorced dad of two no thank you yeah no thanks no 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 no
0: (laughs) but turns out yes please I think that requires having to drop the fantasy of the ideal perfect relationship. I think if we look yeah. at the definition of an ideal perfect relationship, it's certainly not widowed mother of one meets divorced no, father not. of two, you no, know, no, it's not. But, no. but in reality, that's making for a really fantastic
1: relationship. It really is. It really is. And I have um, a person I love right now is going through this horrible divorce, right? Just like thought they would be with this person forever, uh, does not want to get a divorce. You know, it's like, no, 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 this is not the, I don't want this. I want, I want the life that I thought we had not this. And they said to me like, who's going to love me now? And like, who's going to love me now? You know, I'm no longer young and hot. I'm like a, is that a scarred up dolphin? And I was like, Ooh, evocative. (laughs) Like, Ooh. I was like, someone will absolutely love you. You are someone's first choice, not somebody's last resort. And I, I do, I do believe that. I do believe that. And I think if we, like, I, I don't know, I, there's, there was nothing about me that said I am good with myself and I'm ready to sort of like attract what I need. Um, at all. Like there's, there was not, there was nothing about me that, that was in that kind of space. Like I was in such a weird, bad place and I didn't really see, um, I, I just couldn't see myself ever feeling any kind of way. So I will say like, you know, it was work. It was work to like build what we have obviously. And it was also like the easiest job I've ever had was like, Mm oh, 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 like, I get it now. Like, I get it. Like, this is this is a thing that we can do together and we can decide, like, what this relationship means to us. Like, what, like, building another marriage would mean to us? Because we both had two very, very different first marriages. So what about this will be different this time? Like, I love Matthew so much. My marriage to him is so different than my marriage to Aaron. And in part, that's because uh, two different men and because two different Noras. Two very yeah. different Noras. So, yeah, um, yeah I love. I, you, you said something like that on the internet recently too. Which is like, if you can drop your expectation or adjust your expectation of what like the ideal relationship looks like, what like the ideal you are. I don't know a single person who has their ideal life, and in fact, many of the people who I was filled with so much envy, I was filled with so much envy, Sean, because I would look at their lives and I'd be like, well, there's your alive husband holding your kid, his own, his own child, you know, like, you know, living like none of them have the life that I was perceiving them to have. Like life comes for us all in different times and in different places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's beautiful. And also kind of steeped in reality is that nothing is ideal and we, we make the best of what we have. Um, yeah, This brings me back to this thing that I had started right before I told you that, you know, before Valentine's day, I broke up my, my girlfriend and I broke up. I was on this track um, of Sam Harris and this happiness module that he's talking about. And there was some other person talking about how to be happy. And we, what I, what I got from it is that, um, the, the idea that most of us have is that when we have the things that we want, we're finally going to be happy, right? And you and I both know that's not true mm-hmm. because we have. then we, we, we do get the thing and then we go, okay, now what? Yeah. What's next, right? That, that happiness is short-lived. And so what he's suggesting, which I find fantastic and which I've been trying to do is to want the things you already have
1: the book of Cheryl Crow. The book of Cheryl Crow. Cite your sources, Dan Harris. Soak up the sun. Okay.
0: Okay. Tell me more. Soak up the
1: sun. It's it's not having what you want. It's wanting what you have. That is the gospel of Cheryl. There we go. Okay. Perfect. So she said it first. She said it first in one of the greatest songs slash music videos of the early two thousands. And yeah, I. Think about that all the time. That song, that music video, her hair, that lyric, that idea. I think about that all the time because Sean, if somebody, if, if if somebody brought present you into a time capsule to meet past you, and you told past you, "This is what I'm doing," and like, "This is what life is like." Past you would be like, "Oh my god." great. I can't wait for that. That's going to be like, I'm going to be so happy when I have that. And current you, current me, current so many of us are like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we metabolize like uh, our, our joys, our happiness, our successes, whatever we had wanted, we metabolize it so fast. And what question do we love to ask people? What's next? Yeah. Now what?
0: Oh, well, thanks for asking Nora. It's a leather sectional for yeah. me. That's what's next. That's and what's going to make me happy.
1: That's what's going to make you happy 100%. Right before this this um, call, Sean, I was on a line looking for um, a different like computer monitor setup, which obviously would solve all my problems. And if I had that, then I would be able to do my work and I wouldn't get distracted because like the monitor, who knows? Who knows? But it's like... Again, everything in my life, everything in this house, everything in my career, everything that I have is something I wanted at one point in time, is something that I thought would be the thing that like did it, that completed me. And uh, yeah, wow, that is a, that is a real, that is a, that is a daily, that is a daily struggle, I would say, like to want what you have, to want what you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do it. I do it. I try to do it more often now yeah. with this house, with living in the woods, with you know all of the life situations. Also, uh, my friend was saying, my life right now as it stands is someone's dream life.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Okay. So if you were to tell one, one piece of advice for people who are dating while widowed,
1: Oh, don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. Uh, don't try to minimize it. Don't try to make somebody else like feel more comfortable with it. I think if it if it feels like you have to hide it from this person, that you have to minimize your pain for this person, it's not your person. The right person will be able to hold their love for you and your love for your dead person together. I'm not gonna say it's always going to be, you know, perfect and easy. People always wanna know, like, is Matthew jealous? Is Matthew like, is he 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 can't love this? And Matthew's like, no, mostly I just feel like really guilty. (laughs) Like, you know, like they're allowed to have their own feelings about it, certainly, but like you know, like, he's like, I feel bad. He's like, this guy died. And I like, get, you know, I get you and I get Ralph and you know, I'm like, yeah, I I get it. And it can also be like, it can be whatever you want it to be. Like it can be whatever you want it to be. I have a friend, Mo, who introduced me to, uh, to Matthew, who is like in love. And she's like, yeah, I'm still never going to live with him. We can get maybe a, we can get a duplex and that will be my life. I'm like, beautiful. Like you get to sort of Every relationship, after a divorce, after a breakup, after being widowed, whatever, you still get to define how you want that relationship to be. So.
0: That's beautiful. Amazing. People want guidelines, but there there are no guidelines for sh- for shit like this. There's no timeline. That doesn't mean that you can't meet people while grieving. It doesn't mean that you have to wait for the grief to be over before you meet people. It doesn't have to look a particular way, and it's not going to look a particular way because I think grief is pretty messy.
1: It is. It is. And like, you know, it'll keep showing up in different ways and like you will evolve, your pain will evolve, your sorrow will evolve, your relationships will evolve and if anything, I think that being widowed is kind of a superpower. I think having your heart broken, having your life destroyed in any way can really be a superpower. It can really open you up to the humanity of everyone around you if you let it. Like you can close yourself around your experiences. I wouldn't blame you if you do. You could just be like, nope, I I went through this and no one will ever be able to relate. Or it can be a mechanism to help you relate to, love, connect with, have compassion for anybody. Yeah. Okay, Nora, where can we find you? Oh, okay, so I have a website called noraborealis.com. That's on my last name. It's a play on the Aurora Borealis. I'm from Minnesota. The Aurora Borealis is the Northern Lights. I come from an era of the internet where you had a screen name. Okay. Um, so I have a website. I'm on Instagram, Nora Borealis, and my books are wherever you get books. My next one is called Bad Vibes Only. You can pre order it online. Um, I know people are like, Oh God, I'm I'm so tired of authors talking about it too, but it's helpful. You know, it's helpful if you, if you love books, if you love, you know, yeah, if you love art of any kind, like supporting it in any way that you can is, is great. And, uh, you can do that at, uh, wherever you get your books, by the way, if there's a small bookstore that you love and you're on their website and you're like, Oh, they don't have this book. You can just call them and be like, Oh, will you ordered this book for me and they'll do it. They'll do it. And then the book shows up. And when it comes out and you're so surprised because, you know, a a version of you from three months ago ordered it and yeah, it'll be out in, I think, 58 days, not to be too precise, 58 days from this conversation we're having now. It comes out on October 11th and I'm really, I think it's my favorite book yet. And, uh, do I say that every book? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I'm excited to, to meet you in person. I can't believe we live in the same state.
1: I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to book a weekend in Flagstaff, I think in November. So I will keep you posted.
0: Nora McInerney. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for your time. Last question. You know, this question, what does love mean to you?
1: Oh God. Oh, what does love mean to me? Um, God, I, had this, um, I just found this photo and I think I actually just put it in Ralph's room. So I don't have it on me, um, of us at uh, Salvation mountain out in the desert outside of Palm Springs. It is like this big sort of like, uh, you know, art installation. They just painted the desert. They literally physically painted these giant rocks, like a mountain, all these formations with paint, like brightly colored paint. Have you been to Salvation mountain worth a road trip. Gorgeous. I mean, you know, every time you see it, you're like, I don't know if this will be here the next time I come back. And it's, you know, it's, it's painted with some sort of like, uh, you know, I I don't, I don't know all the origins of it. So I apologize for that, but it's painted with some sort of like religious phrases, of course, but I have this picture of Aaron in front of Salvation Mountain in front of this, 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 this part of the mountain where somebody painted God is love. And I really think that like love is God, like love is God. And that is the way that we, you know, are connected to each other and to something bigger than ourselves. And that's what love means to me. And when you feel it, like when you really feel it, like you, at least when I feel it, when I truly feel love, when I allow myself to feel the depth of love, for myself for other people for the world at large like i do feel Mm. just tapped into something ancient and true and infinite thank you nora thank you sean you're the greatest